Hey, welcome to the Death by Internet podcast, episode 21. I'm your host, Phoenix Trinidad. It is Sunday, the 2nd of September. Isn't that weird? Oh, it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the uh, daddies out there. Do you, you get a nice present, daddy? Do you get a fucking Bunnings voucher and a cheesecake? All the shitty, uncreative gifts that fathers get for Father's Day because no one really cares about Father's Day. Even fathers don't really care about Father's Day. Anyway, uh, what am I talking about? I don't... I'm just blabbering on because I don't really have much to say in this intro. Uh, this is another guest episode, um, so it's not just going to be me talking to myself like a crazy person for half an hour, um, although eventually that will probably come back, that format of this podcast, um, because let's be honest, I will probably forget to organise a guest or, you know, something will happen and I'll just have to talk to myself again, but uh, for the meantime, I'm very happy that uh, I've been getting some people that are willing to come onto the podcast and have a chat to me. Um, so this episode is uh, an interview I did with Sophie Prince, who is a Melbourne comedian. Um, I saw her show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival earlier this year, um, which is in February, yeah, um, and her show was titled Jesus was a rape baby, um, which as soon as I saw that title, I was like, yep, I have definitely got to go see what this show is about. And, uh, you know, I'd seen it around the Melbourne uh, comedy scene beforehand as well. Um, and it was it was just such a great, um, honest, it was very, obviously she's a very dark comedian, um, but I'm really glad that she decided to come on the podcast and have a chat to me because, um, you know, we did, we delved into a lot of uh, dark topics and, um but also she opened up about some stuff that was really personal um, because she was friends with Eurydice Dixon, who was a Melbourne comedian that was uh, raped and murdered earlier this year while walking home from a gig. So um, it, it's I'm really kind of honoured that Sophie would come on the podcast and talk about that. Um, I'm not sure, you know, and, and that was really not that long ago that that happened. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great that she um, said yes to come on the podcast and talk about it. So I'm really thankful for that. Um, and you can catch Sophie at the, she's doing a, a show, I think she's doing two nights at the Melbourne Fringe Festival. Uh, she's got a show called Situational Awareness. Um, it's on the 14th and the 15th of September at the Highlander Bar. So I'll put a little uh, link to her show I think you can get tickets online so I'll put the link into the like Facebook event or whatever in the show description so you can catch her there um and she does another plug for it at the end of the show but I figured I might as well uh plug it at the start of the show as well um and you can also uh support this podcast if you like um you can go to deathbyinternet.com um there's a there's a couple of ways you can you know support the show you can buy a t-shirt there's a shop there and uh you can buy some hoodies and stuff or you can just tell people in your actual life about the show if you think that they'd enjoy this show you know tell them about it um or you can subscribe on itunes and give it a rating and i think that helps with some uh algorithmic internet stuff um to get the show some exposure anyway um yeah so that's all i've got to say i think um so enjoy this uh really really nice honest interview with uh sophie prince so enjoy Oh, Death by Internet's a good name, I think. Yeah, I think it's just good for, like, brand recognition. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, yeah. It's it sort of... I do have a bit of a constant battle with myself about the internet. 
Oh, uh, yeah, look, there's a lot to learn with how to navigate. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's, and, and just the effect that it has on myself. But um, anyway, um, so you are the second guest oh, really? I've actually had. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much um, for having me. I'm flattered because it's the first podcast I've been invited to talk to uh, talk on that has had nothing to do with mental health (laughs) it is it is quite um yeah look i do talk about my mental health a lot um i did the first couple of episodes i think by myself and it's just talking to myself yeah um but it's much better with another person yeah yeah um yeah i I suppose it's inevitably going to come up mental health issues when you know you talk to other comedians yeah it's two yeah two comedians um yeah, we definitely all have a bunch of problems. Uh, <laughs> um, so the first thing, uh, we actually met for the first time um, earlier this year. Was it? Um, at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. So was that the first time we met? I think it was, yeah. I'd, I'd sort of, because I'm still really only new to yeah. the comedy scene. Um, I've only, I, I think sort of consider myself like, half in the bag when it comes to comedy but um yeah uh earlier this year so this is the first comedy festival where i was like i've done comedy now so i want to yeah like see as many shows as i can at the comedy festival and see what it's like because i want to do my own show maybe one time yeah um and your show definitely jumped out at me at first oh, thank you. <laughs> um because and like i i think i'd seen you around yeah. um but the thing that caught my attention was obviously the name of the show, yeah, which was Jesus was a rape baby, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is um like I, I mean I work in marketing and that is a, a amazing I, choice. <laughs> do you? I get I get very mixed reviews and and sometimes I think yeah this is a good title and other times I think no this is a terrible title. Um, I I don't think it is. I, I don't I don't see it as particularly shocking. I, I I see it as just sort of an interesting thing to ponder on. Yeah, well, that, that's a th- that's sort of what jumped out of me is that it isn't particularly shocking. But I like I grew up religious. Yeah, um, in a religious household. My parents are still very religious. Like dad has a choir that he leads and he goes to church every okay. Sunday. Yeah. Um, and I I grew up coming to going to like a religious uh, Catholic high school and all yeah. that sort of shit. And um. Yeah, it was just one of those things where I was like, wow, like that never occurred to me. Yeah. As soon as you hear it, like it's just a, such a, it's all it's something that seems like it was right there when yeah, you think about it, but you never hear it. I, I guess I, I talk about the sort of realisation in my show. It, was, it jumped out at me um, at the Melbourne Magistrates Court. I, I was in court all day over like a, a petty thing, like a, a traffic offence or something. And, um, and all day, I suppose, you know, the you got the choice of whether you make an affirmation or whether you swear on the Bible. And you kind of, you know, daydream and get all sort of trancy and stuff when you're bored. And I just, I guess, started thinking about the the Bible and, yeah, one thing led to the other and I was just like, oh, God, (laughs) was that rape? (laughs) 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 You know, like, yeah, and this is all in between, like, um, the Mikey... (laughs) <laughs> my Mikey didn't work or the Mikey machine didn't work. And I'm like, oh, was Jesus a rape, babe? <laughs> but, um, yeah, and that, I mean, that was, that was going back a few years now. So it's, yeah. Cause you've, yeah, you've done that, that you've done that show um, for a couple of years now? Or? Yeah, but 
Um, it's changed. It, it has. It's evolved a lot. The first time I did it was at the Adelaide Fringe with the free comedy. Right. And, um, and that sort of gave me a chance to sort of, I don't know, work it through, get the bumps out for the, um, for the, the Station 59 free comedy that year. And, um, and I was really pleased with that run. Like it, it just, um, yeah, like I, I, I just felt like I had sort of a, a pretty solid finished show. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then, and then I, I, I didn't take it to, I didn't actually get a show in um, the Edinburgh Fringe last year, but Kieran um, gave me a spot in his show, so yeah. he had a fifty-minute show, and um, and I'd arranged to go over. I, like I just wanted to sort of see what Edinburgh and the festival was like in yeah. any case, and he said he just gave me sort of. 20 minutes to sort oh, of cool. like squeeze it in. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was a show in a show kind of thing. Because that's and happening um, at the moment right now. It's, it's just finished. It's, oh, it's just, just finished. finished. Yeah. So I, I actually did get um, a little room this year, um, but I, I, I cancelled the show. Right. right. Oh, yeah. So just anything you want to go into or just? Oh, I, I just, um, it, I guess because of the events of this year, I just, okay. I just figured it was. Um, yeah. Well, I guess we may as well uh, bring that up because that's sort of what, has been on my mind since that show. Um, so that was the first time I saw you and I loved the show and everything, but that was also, I think it was the first time I met uh, Eurydice Dixon, who happened to be sitting next to me in the front row of that show. Oh, yeah. Um, and obviously for people that, I don't know, have been living under a rock, you'd, you'd know what happened to Eurydice Dixon. Um, and she was someone that you were very close to. Yeah, um, me and Eurydice sort of gig together, you know, at least once or twice a week, I suppose, over the last few years. Um, yeah, we um, both regulars at Station 59 um, did Yes or Women together. Uh, Eurydice, we, we were just sort of a fan of each other's work, I think. Like, um, she, there was... There was there was, there was never a show that she didn't go to, you know. She, right. she was just one of those friends that was just a just a solid presence. Yeah. And um, yeah, oh, the best type the, that just oh, absolutely, go absolutely, just so supportive. Like even um, Duff and I did a little show uh, together at Mechanics once. It was um, he did the moods of grasshoppers and I did dead bats in Beef Town, and um, <laughs> it was, <laughs> and uh, like we only had a handful of people, but Eurydice was one of those people. She was just, yeah, she, yeah, we were just comedy friends, you know. Like, yeah, we liked each other's stuff a lot. So yeah, um, yeah. So I, I wasn't in the frame of mind to go to Edinburgh this year. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. She did um, sort of. Yeah, she she did have a big presence, even like just being in the audience next to her. Great laugh. Um, yeah, she was a great laugher, and I assume that she'd probably already seen that show, your show before or heard most of your she'd, jokes. She'd seen um she'd seen versions of it. Like each year that show um, changed a little bit. Um, just well, I suppose like each year I. I went to sort of move on and move away from that topic but the things in the world kept happening that just made it seem more relevant so right. like the like this year when like Harvey Weinstein was disgraced and the whole me too movement and stuff I, and you know the the virgin mary with the hashtag me too and i was like yeah like, like that's so relevant that like i was saying that yeah. in yeah 3 so, years beforehand yeah so i i i 
I just couldn't I couldn't drop it. I yeah, did, you can't it just, not do it. <laughs> yeah. So so um yeah. So the the show just kept evolving, and he, and even that you know Harvey Weinstein was called God at one of the Academy Awards, and right. it's just like just that relevance of power. And, and, you know, the misuse of power and, yeah. you know, the, the, all that sort of religious, you know, man is made in the image of God and then it's like, well, did, you know, did God, was he's God a rapist? <laughs> 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 you know, well, I guess, I, like yourself, like grew up questioning, like, you, like my, my mum's actually Jewish, but she wasn't really brought up Jewish, um, like, um, and she, you know, she married into a Catholic family when she was 19. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, she was baptised at 19 before they um, let her marry dad. And that's so weird for a 19-year-old. Like, yeah. you know, this, this man in a dress talking in Latin, putting water on her head. Right. And, you know, she's just like, well, if this is what I have to do, I suppose, <laughs> you know. Well, that, just going from, uh, was she raised very Jewish as well? No, not at all. Okay. Her, her mum was um, like... They they were um, Dutch Jews, but they were in um, they were in Indonesia at the time of the Holocaust. Oh, okay. So um, like their relatives were from Rotterdam, so they didn't survive the Holocaust. Um, but they actually spent the those years in um, Japanese prisoner of war camps. Oh, so, Jesus! Yeah. So my my grandmother's um, oh, she was um, she was insane. And so those kids were treated very, very poorly. So okay. it's it's not so it was Abraham and Sophie, so very Jewish, but they weren't. They you know they they were um, you know they got kicked out of Indonesia sort of just after the war, <laughs> and, they, and so they were they were refugees in Picton, and yeah. So my grandmother just was yeah um, just I, you know mean I suppose like um, very abusive. Crazy wore a tutu. Not that not that wearing a tutu makes you mean and crazy, but she just happened to be mean and crazy. But I guess spending your years from fourteen to eighteen as a Japanese prisoner of war, yeah, may have had some. Not going to help anything. <laughs> no, it probably doesn't set like you know really great foundations to be an excellent mother. You know? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I guess um, yeah, mum grew up in a like you know I suppose a. a, a neglected environment I suppose right. you could say yeah. and then so you know married dad and at 19 and then just sort of you know became a, a Catholic but she was never um I always found it curious she, she was never allowed to go up and like, participate in all their rituals right. but I didn't get why and why why mum why can't mum yeah what's wrong with mum <laughs> <laughs> why can't she you know, like, you like know. yeah. So or... <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. So I guess, um, I guess I sort of grew up with a fairly questioning kind of mind about yeah, what all this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, does Abraham get to go to heaven? Like, like Rolly and Monica? Like, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, um, well, um, that's the thing. It's like most people that I know now, are like in my age group. So you're a bit older than me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be polite. No, it's um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I don't think anybody comes out of Catholic school because I'm still very close with pretty much everybody that I went to high school with. Yeah, and I don't know very many people that come out of it still Catholic. If that makes sense. Yeah, well, my um, my school principal, and this was another reason why I kept the. 
I, I, I kept this theme going. Um, in 2016, the school principal of the school that I went to um, went to jail. He, um, oh, he, he was a rapist. Fucking hell. Yeah, he just, and, and he, never he, he, he taught sex ed. He, yeah, his oh, real name was his brother Dom, brother Dominic, brother and he Dom. chose that name. Brother Dom, twisted, isn't it? And Brother you Dom. look, you look back as an adult, and you sort of see he'd, he'd have like the assembly, like it's a small country town casino on the north coast, and I, I was there from the time I was eleven to eighteen, and um, he would hold us all at assembly, the hot sun, and like make his standard attention, and if somebody sort of like wriggled or whatever, they'd get sent to his office. Right. And when I look back now. Like how sadistic is that? And yeah. w- and what is the point of like making like a whole bunch of young kids who are all like from year seven to you know ten? Yeah, yeah. it was. It only so went to like year ten, age twelve to fifteen. Or yeah, that age, yeah, yeah. What is the point of making us like stand totally still in the hot sun? Mm. Except for he, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, he got charged with several several accounts, and um, and not only that school, but also in Newcastle. So. Yeah, and my my father, um, he's you can't like if something about religion comes up, um, we just make a beeline for the remote control because he <laughs> just he'll just go on about how 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 sorry he was that he brought us up like that and how he was brainwashed oh, and okay. how so yeah he started losing apologetic. oh incredibly he started losing his faith at about 45 and he's in his 70s now wow. and he's just he just hates them so much he's so angry he's so um apologetic you right. know like how you know how could I and you know I suppose he looks back at how um you know how mum had to go through all those silly rituals just so that he could you know just, you know how she was always sort of left out of the yeah. you know he looked and and that he sent us to a school paid extra for us to go to a school <laughs> where the school principal is a criminal right. you know like a rapist I talk about it in the sh- the show. I got to school once, and there was this big sign that said, um, "Brother Dom's a poof." <laughs> yeah, and then they got. That's they, just, it's just funny and, because and, you know it's a teenage kid that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I say in the show, you know, it's a shame that kids in the country just didn't know how to spell rapist. <laughs> but yeah, so. But they've um. <laughs> uh, so it's a country town, so they've got like someone from a like a local farming like shop to to come and pressure hose the graffiti off, and it was very impressive graffiti for kids in the country too. Right. Like they've gone to some effort to get it so that it's like ten foot high. It's massive on the side of the yeah. the, the school St Mary's. Yeah, but, team effort. Surely. Yeah, yeah. But when they pressure hosed it off, it just engraved it in there. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, that, so it was That's some poetic justice. Yeah, 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 but there's still nothing. Nothing came out um, for all those years. All those years, he, um, you know, it. it, it that yeah. is interesting. Like they went with. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if it was because they couldn't spell the word rapist, but they went with poof. Well, it just, than, yeah, 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 because they didn't. I, I guess that's just what he was to them. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if was, he if he was acting creepy towards, um, yeah, those like, even though he was like at that age, you sort of don't realize that it's weird that it's an adult coming onto a kid sort of thing. No. Like I remember in high school where there'd be 
girls that would be going out with like 21 year olds and something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, for, for them at that time, they're like, Oh, because it means I'm mature. Yeah. It means that that other older men are into me is because I'm a much mature person and I'm, you know, for further ahead than some other girls my age. Yeah. And then you look back now and you're like, what the fuck were these 21 year old dudes doing chasing fucking 16 year old girls? Like, yeah. Yeah. Your perspective changes, doesn't it? Like, Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I look back now and so much was obvious and you shudder. And I I even wonder about the the staff at that school. Like bullying was a big thing in that school and it was never – it was very obvious who was getting bullied and who was being ostracised. Right. But there was there was never any intervention. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Brother Dom was just frightening. He was just – he was, he was a very, like, large man, very, Just like... Imposing. Yeah, and um, very solemn and um, frightening. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I, I mean, I was, I was just scared of him. So if he, if he had... Ta- yeah, it, it would have... Those years were a nightmare for a lot of people. So, yeah. So this is in a rural... Yeah, it was a small town, and um, I, I wonder if... The staff were chosen because they were the kind of people who weren't going to ask any questions, or mm. they're all really young. Like some some of the teachers kind of got in on the bullying, right? Like, yeah, like I, I, I do, th- I do remember some sort of. I think I'm having a weird flashback now, but there are sort of times where you can see that. A teacher is trying to win over the class. Yeah. And in order to do that, they have to shit they, on the dude that yeah. everybody's shitting on. <laughs> yeah, they join in with the cool kids. Yeah. And when, when you're just like an odd, awkward kid, you know, you you know, you, you just hate everyone. But when you sort of grow back grow up and look back, you're just mm. like what what was That's with, really fucked up. What was what was with that? Yeah. Why <laughs> you were the teacher, you were ragging on me too. <laughs> that was that's so brutal. Oh, yeah, yeah. and just to, and they weren't that much older, I suppose, than, the, than those kids, like you know, maybe 10 years or something, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, what a bunch of fucking losers. Yeah, that's that's they, weird. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but then the type of people that become teachers too. <laughs> Then, I know some people that are like, oh, you're in charge of our future children, Jesus. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Was that what you were like in high school? Were you... Um, uh, I was... Like what made you a comic? Like, um, I was pretty shy. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, what made me a comic? You know, I didn't, I didn't even contemplate um, doing comedy till well into my 30s. Oh, really? Yeah. So you've, how long have you been doing comedy now? So? I started when I was 40. So really? seven years. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. always really interesting to me because um, there seems to be a, a bit of a gap. Like I, I've always wanted to do it since I was a kid and then you have a lot of really young people, but then you always also have like this huge group of people that are like, yeah, like mid forties, forties that are just like, fuck it. I'm just going to try comedy. Yeah. I was, it was a long time coming. It was even something that um, I was embarrassed to even admit that I wanted to do for a long time. I wouldn't even confide in anyone that because right. I guess, you know, we grow up in like rural Australia and you don't boast, you don't brag, like it's mm. you know, to um and if you if you say you're funny, then you know, you you're just the biggest wanker there is. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you I get told you, that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it was a it was it was a long process. It was 
I, uh, I lived I lived in London with my partner um, for a couple of years in my thirties, and um, Bill Bailey actually lived across the street. Oh, really? Yeah, oh yeah. My God. So so we we lived in sort of the in flats. Um, on one side of Hammersmith Grove and he lived in the like you know in that the houses that were like like weren't broken up into flats so it was you know like um and I'd I often would walk past him on the way to the tube station and um and I'd just go into this big fantasy that he'd go um oh hey uh Tams and Greg can't do black books would you like to step in for (laughs) my whole my whole inner world on the way to the train station would be like how how Bill Bailey had asked me to fill in and then and then I'd go into these little like fantasies about like doing stand-up that either went like amazingly well or were just like devastating and I had to just hide for the rest of my life it's only those two things yeah 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 yeah. and and my partner at the time I like loved him dearly um I still do we're still good friends but like really bad drinking problem incredibly bad drinking problem and um we'd um (laughs) he'd be kind of like not like like not awake let's say on (laughs) on the train and like in in it you know if I got off and left him he'd be on the train all the way to you know Heathrow (laughs) (laughs) and so I'd, I'd be lugging this drunk guy off the train and I'd I, I I guess I was kind of like making up little bits about how how tragic I am that you know I'm <laughs> I'm so I'm so sort of desperate that I, I carry my own drunk man around with me <laughs> like, you, know, like, you know you sort of like I, I guess yeah. humor sometimes comes from like seeing the funny side of a of a bad situation the worst situations that you can be, I, yeah. that's a, I think that's very common among respect uh, all the comics that I've um, met but. Um, there is that thing because I'm, I, so I'm, you know, I come from a very supportive, loving household. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it, I always just get that feeling of like, oh, I don't think I'm authentic enough to be able to do comedy because every other comic is like, well, I grew up in, uh, you know, I only had, you know, I didn't have a toothbrush growing up and I've never owned a pair of shoes and all this like terrible shit. And I'm like, oh man, everyone's <laughs> really supportive for me. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I, I, I don't, I don't think there's any rule or reason as to why people get into comedy. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think you have to have some terrible thing occur. Yeah, but, but I, I think it's a great. It does. It, well, that's sort of why I liked um, your show so much when I went and saw it because it just felt like a. It's a type of comedy that I like too, where it's it, it feels it felt very honest and it felt like um, not that you were just doing this as a way to cope with shit but sort of from that like yeah comedy is a great place to put your inner dialogue yeah it'd be it'd be hard to to leave it now and um thanks for coming too by the way because (laughs) yeah like the the free comedy you do like you 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 are begging people to come and see your show yeah you really are and Yeah. yeah i guess i guess that that was one of the hard things about like Eurydice and I like would fly together to, you know, with the free comedy sign outside of the town hall and stuff. Yeah. And um, like it's a hard slog. Like, it's a grind. I remember. Um, I remember someone coming up to us and saying, um, "Oh, is this like begging?" And um, yeah, Eurydice said, "Oh, do you think, do you think busking's begging?" Because if you do, well, yeah, then it is. <laughs> we are begging. <laughs> you know? But yeah, um, it's it's a 
like we say, it's it's free to get in, and it is free to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the onus is completely up to you know the audience if they like your show to pay what they think it's worth or what they can pay. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, so when you get a punter pay you what a, sh- a full sh- you know a regular show in the festival is worth, mm-hmm. it's it's hugely validating. Like yeah, it's, you know you you sort of can get a fair idea of your own worth based on that so the whole bucket doesn't lie thing (laughs) yeah yeah it is it is a very interesting um business model model that you guys have there but um yeah i i think it's it's more does it feel like it's more aimed towards people that you know support the arts rather than random people that you just like random punters that you pull off the streets um yeah look um i am I suppose um, Kieran was always very open about he modelled this on the Edinburgh Free Fringe um, program, and um, and it's very it's very big over there, um, and audiences are, are very accustomed to these free shows, yeah. um, and then you 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 pay something on the way out or yeah. like what you think the show's worth or whatever. So they're kind of used to it. Whereas whereas here, I think they. I think there's an assumption that the show's going to be shit and that's why you're saying it's a free show, give us a chance. You know, I think sometimes it's a mixed bag, you know, like, um, um, yeah, like some, sometimes it's brilliant. Um, and the, we were at the Highlander um, just this last festival and um, I suppose because we were closer to the city than what Station 59 was, we got mm-hmm. – it was easier to get punters down there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and and the shows were successful. Like people had a really good run. Mm. But um, yeah, like I, I just I'm just hugely grateful for anybody that goes. <laughs> you know, that, like, that seems to be the. Um, I mean, it, I do love the just the vibe that Melbourne has around the comedy festival at the time. But yeah, I, I don't know if that's just because I'm in. Well, like sort of in the community of you know comedians that are trying to get their shows going and stuff. But yeah. um. But that, that was another thing that I was thinking, like, what, who are the people that actually go to comedy shows? Like, f- for me, if I didn't, if I wasn't, I don't know if I was like, if I was not performing comedy, um, I wouldn't go to that many shows. Yeah. That's why, but yeah. I used to go, I used to go a lot. Well, bec- I suppose comedy was an interest of mine. So mm. when, so I, um, when I came back to Melbourne, I wanted to do comedy but I didn't really know how to get into it. And um, so I, I just – I followed the open mic scene around a lot. And um, I remember I went into Spleen and I was like, that's what I want to do. I definitely want to do that. But I'll, um, I was 30 – I think I was 35 or 36 at the time. And I went, oh, I'll do it when I'm 40. By the time I'm 40, I'll have the confidence to do that. <laughs> so I spent the next four years just being sort of like a semi-alcoholic, just going to – go, you know, just checking it or out. just checking out the shows. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you you do what you say you're going to do. Like, I mm. wish I just went, that's what I want to do. I'm going to do it next month. Right. But I was like, no, 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 no. By the time I'm 40, I reckon I can, like, you know. <laughs> so, you know, and then I turned 40 and I was like, oh, you better, you know, shit or get off the pot really. Like, right. you know. So and yeah, now I can't think of what life would be like without doing it. Really, so. yeah, it it is. Um, yeah, it's it's for me. It's very it's still very strange to say it to people to have to tell people, oh, I do stand up comedy. Yeah, um, please come to a show. <laughs> but, yeah, um, 
Yeah, it's still it's. I'm still sort of half in the bag. Like I, I have a full time job as well, and I like I'm not sure if it's something that, um, you know, I want to try and do professionally as an end game, or if it's just something that I want to be like my self expression basically. Yeah. On the side. Uh, um, is that how you see it? Yeah, I, I suppose. Um, you know, there's a part of you that goes, oh, I would really love to do this as a, you know, profession. And there's another side of you going, oh, get real, you know. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so I just I just enjoy it so much. I don't, and it's, it's, my, it's my whole entire social life. And, <laughs> and, um, and, the, and the people that you, you bond with, uh, you know, like they're, they're, you know, they're, just people you're just going to know until you die and you just know that mm. and it's it's also even at the open mic level it's just such a fascinating insight into the psyche like yeah i was and like at at the open mic level too like uh, like last week at highlander we had 17 acts on and that's kind of like you know it's it's sort of standard at, for open mics you yeah. know and um you know <laughs> like, I just kind of you feel nostalgic by the time you get to the end of it, and exhausted. <laughs> you know? It is it is a lot to take in. Yeah, um, yeah. If you're trying to watch three people bombing, it, like it, I, I can't remember who it was, but I think it was this Irish comic that used to be in Melbourne, and he said something like, "You get to ten o'clock, and that's the." part of the night where everybody starts to just do a manifesto instead of a yeah um instead of comedy yeah that to me that is probably one of the funnest parts is just seeing um, yeah all the cogs turning of people thinking that this might work (laughs) yeah i know and you you wonder like what what kind of inner dialogue did they have going to like to to work that into a bit? Is yeah. oh my god! Like, they've they've taken something that's in their head and they're like, all right, may, I have to make this accessible. Yeah, and that's what came out. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, and yeah, and then and just I suppose getting getting the mechanics of it right. And Tony Magnuson made me laugh heaps last week. Um, so a, a guy had, had only um, d- done comedy like maybe one or, one or two times. He did his – he did – it wasn't – we didn't light anyone. I said I was going to light people. I just haven't got – I'm just – I'm not assertive enough to light people. I kind of <laughs> time them and go, oh, no, don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not like it's a pro gig or anything. It's not like – anyway. So um, <laughs> this guy did sort of like six, seven minutes and it, none of it really landed that well and then he went, oh, fuck it, I'll just riff now. <laughs> And then Tony got up and he said, oh, I love it. I love spotting the new guys who, you know, do their, do their solid six, seven minutes and then go, oh, now I'll riff. <laughs> but, yeah, last night I went to um, Dave O'Neill's room, which is like, you know, pro room down at Fairfield. And Mark Oshker is one of our friends. and oh, um, Mark. Mark's great. Yeah. And um, he, he was on the bill. So we went down, me and Scott went down and um, supported him there. And... Um, yeah, we were just um, just at the back of the room, just going, "Oh wow, people are people are paying to to come in. What's that about?" <laughs> and then there was like three acts in the headliner, and we were just like, "Oh wow, it's <laughs> just it felt like a relief. <laughs> like, oh, three, and then just oh, and it's yeah, <laughs> just to get it's, it through. <laughs> it's a different game. It's a different game. But I felt really uncomfortable there because there was um, you know, there was like pro comics. Uh, like there and I don't know maybe I 
I don't like talking to people who are successful. <laughs> yeah, it's intimidating, right? <laughs> well, I don't like. I I said hello to somebody that you know is a you know an employed comic and that I'd met once before, and it wasn't like a warm response. And I just got this feeling that he was going, "Oh, you know, you're just you're trying to suck up to me." And I wasn't. It was just like a high, high sort of thing. And I thought, "Fuck it, I am never going to say hello to you again, ever." <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And I just you know, and I was, I was just saying to Scott on the way home, I. I think I like open mic better than like going to like a like a semi pro gig where the people who organise it are just continually being approached by you know people who want to make it in the game. Can I get a spot? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I just I, I think I just rather um, just you know like stick with the free comedy program and like just be in rooms that I'm comfortable at and just get my stuff as tight as I can and. And and not bother with the the schmoozing. I don't give. I don't. You know. Mm. I I don't. Because that is a big part of it. This networking thing. Yeah, and that's why I love that your um, podcast is called Death by Internet. Because I think <laughs> I think the internet as well puts this whole new phase on the whole the whole new phase on gigs. comedy and yeah yeah. yeah and I'm too afraid to message pages to ask for a spot. Oh, like I've, it's so intimidating. Um, yeah <laughs> and the the one-upmanship that goes on on mm. the yeah it's uh, yeah so. is that something you try to avoid um i got stuck into it when i first started yeah. but um but it was the wrong thing to do like it was it was the wrong thing to do like right. i i was all full of gusto and stuff and my my start in comedy was terribly affected by um i don't know if you were around at the time but Station 59 put on um, – were doing, like, all these different debates. And um, around the time, uh, there was a lot of controversy around um, a comic in L.A. What's his name? Um, Daniel Tosh. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Tosh from Tosh.0. Yeah, there American were, guy. Yeah, there were, um, somebody, somebody um, heckled, so there's nothing funny about rape. And then he um, – and then he retorted and then there was a mass um, walkout. And right. then that sort of kicked off this big conversation about yeah. what's appropriate to use in comedy, which is always getting kicked around. Yeah. And, and then, um, you know, Station 59, um, yeah, you know, yeah, massive big controversy. It was right when I'd started, like I was, I was probably about six months in. So what happened? Do they uh, try to ban rape jokes or? Well, the, the, there's this big internet storm the um the poster um got shared it like went viral um i saw the poster and i went oh that's gonna cause a shit storm and why aren't i on that fucking bill you know <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to be on that bill but like anyway what no, was on the poster uh the well the name of the debate was there's nothing funny about um rape um a comedy oh, debate okay yeah i might have actually seen that when i but i definitely wasn't in the yeah, well, the time. I think maybe if I'd seen that poster and I and I didn't have any insight into you know the people that were there and stuff, I would have gone, oh, that's pretty fucked. But you know, I I knew I knew the guy that made the poster, the most like lovely, inoffensive, you know, Rob Caruana, lovely guy. Yeah. Like you know, he's he's not a monster. He absolutely is not. Yeah. And I I knew most of the people on the lineup, and I and I was just going, oh. like all this internet hate was um was getting directed at these like pretty mild mannered people yeah and um and uh destroy the joint had just formed um and and yeah anyway a lot of um a lot of hate got directed towards the room 
Um, somebody threatened the owner of the venue um, and the, the event itself got cancelled. And then, um, yeah, so it's, yeah, and then the whole comedy community was split and, um, and, and like, and, and so much, so much interaction online. Like there wasn't a lot of face-to-face interaction, but it's so, and you know how there's this. That is a weird thing that happens now is. Yeah. And people like asserting like that they're holier than thou and that mm-hmm. their opinions are more important and that I'm, I am a good person and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there was, there was a lot of that. And I, I was, um, I started at the comics lounge. I started going to, I started going to their workshops and I found them kind of archaic and a sort of a massive boys club. Like yep. they, um, and just so backward in their thinking. Mm-hmm. And um, like one of the first sort of discussions I were having is that you can't say cunt. And I was like, oh, get fucked. Like, you know, yeah. I, I thought this discussion sort of ended in the 50s. Like, right. you know, um, I thought it was odd and and quite quite sexist. Like they, but they didn't, like, like so sexist that they didn't even, they, they couldn't even see how they were being sexist. Like because they don't want to risk offending women that would be offended by the word cunt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like someone even came up, because I questioned it. I was like, oh, you know, like, do you, do you remember Lenny Bruce? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, well, and, yeah. then, and then someone come up to me in the break and said, oh, look, you know, comics like Dave Hughes, they can say it. And I'm like, oh, but like newbies like me who like have one can't. Like, yeah. you know, like I, it just, I just, I found them... Um, I appreciated the workshops because I get, I guess that sort of, you know, I'd never been on stage before and, and, and I got to meet a few people mm-hmm. um, and, and it, you know, it was kind of like AA for comedians, you know, like people like, oh, I had my last gig and I bombed here and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, around the time of that rape debate, the um, comedians at the comics lounge just said, choose your venues. Like, you know, you can go where you want, but it's probably going to be bad for your career right. if you go to Station 59. And I thought, no, Station 59 actually gives you an opportunity to um, to try stuff out, to like, yeah. to do like, like Kieran's whole thing is like, you do whatever you want to do. Yeah. You know, like whether it's good or bad or whatever, like let the audience judge. Yeah. So, so you've got no restrictions around uh, words or topics or taboos. I mean, clearly. No. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's, you know, that's where I met Eurydice. That's where we practice our stuff because right. you could like, you know, yeah. you could. I, th- I think even it's also, a, it's nice to, this is going to sound really fucking dumb, but it's nice to see women that do have that sort of um, mentality because, like, a lot of the, you know, uh, the stereotype is it's just angry white dudes on the internet that are trying to defend free speech and they want to, like, have the right to say offensive shit. Yeah. But... um, Yeah, yeah, there's more to it. It's nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I think it's... um, I think it was Patrice O'Neill. Do you know Patrice O'Neill? Yeah. Yeah, he said that, like, the attempt is all comes from the same place. Yeah. Um, and that's why I, I really like your show is because it did hit those super dark themes. But, it, you know, yeah. it's honest and it wasn't... Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the first time I tried, like, I was sort of, like, you know, chiselling out that idea... Like, I made the audience go quieter than quiet. Like, mm. you know, like, sometimes you say something... And you don't phrase it right. You haven't got it worked out yet. And it kind of sucks the air out of the room. Yeah, like it creates a tension. Yeah. But sometimes that can be good too. <laughs> only if you learn how to break it. How to use it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if yeah, so that's why rooms like Station 59 were so valuable for me because 
because that's you you could kind of learn where you're fucked up mm-hmm. whereas if you know I, I don't i don't understand where comics learn if you don't have the opportunity to do it like that yeah like, right you know um so. I, as far as i can tell it seems to be you know something that you get to a certain level and then you're allowed to say that shit but then you know how do you get to that level if you're not yeah. different but um, yeah well it all just starts being really beige yeah just really boring and, yeah you know and a lot of comedy is like let's face it um so how is what happened to Eurydice has that affected your comedy in the types of topics that you want to approach uh have you been on stage since I, that happened? At, at the Highlander um it's, it's affected my comedy in that I haven't been doing any comedy <laughs> um <laughs> right. Oh no, it hasn't. It has had no bearing on 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 topics. It's oh, I just you know, it's just grief. You know, it's just sadness. Yeah. I suppose. Like, yeah. um, I I I love everyone that goes to the Highlander. And there's the saying to Scott after the show last week. We we're kind of looking at recordings of um of what we did. Um, there's this. There's this weird little painting of um, James Dean on in the on the background of the wall at Highlander. Okay, yeah, Highlander's yeah. got this weird weird sort of backdrop yeah, like with deer a antlers and yeah, stuff like a, yeah yeah um, like a, a a painting of a fire and a bookshelf and, and like just <laughs> odd just odd stuff yeah. like it's the library yeah. at the at the Highlander. It's nice and kitschy. It is. Yeah. It's but kind of odd and um, and yeah, we were, we were looking looking at something that we filmed of it of of myself and I noticed this picture of James Dean. I was just going, oh fuck. Like that's you know, someone, you know, talented and beautiful, so much to offer and, and gone so so young. Like yeah. it just yeah. I oh there's not a, you, you, yeah, you just don't stop thinking about it. Like, yeah. You know? So it has it has affected um it's your effect- ability to go on stage or No, I do well I the first time I went, oh, I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think I think I, I was kind of a fairly dark comedian before. I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think, but it hasn't shifted your perspective on the things you want to talk about or no, not at all. Like that. Not at all. Because not yeah, because Eurydice, I guess, would have supported or not wanted you to change anything about no absolutely not yeah. it was so like how how she how she become this sort of uh, her image was everywhere yeah like the the day after it all i'm still trying to sort of reconcile that she's yeah, like a, you could nearly sort of hear her, like, like I nearly wanted to talk to her about what's your take how, on all of this, right. like, you know, like how weird it is. That yeah, the vigil and that she's become sort of a symbol. Yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> like I, yeah, like what I wish I wish you were here to to talk to about this. <laughs> yeah. It was just it was just such an insane headspace to be in there mm. for, for for some time. And um it, it still it still doesn't feel real sometimes. Yeah. But I know um no she wouldn't she she wouldn't want me to, to uh, change my take on anything. Absolutely not. She she want me to go harder I reckon. Yeah. She we went to a festival together, um went to FRL 
couple of years ago and she did a bit um, about uh, about suicide and um, she she often delved into uh, this is why I loved her as well she never went for the most sort of obvious take on things right. you know yeah she um, she identified as a feminist but she um, she really uh, was interested in sort of looking at the layers of stuff like she she didn't right. just go for like the most you know she wasn't like oh girl power like she yeah, you know yeah. like she she looked at the whole you know area you know, MRAs and stuff and made a real inquiry like yeah. into like, you know, how okay, how, well, do how do people you, act yeah, the way they do, yeah. you know? Like she, you know, and um, anyway, she made this, um, she made, she she had a joke about um, um, male suicide and why the rate of male suicide was, um, you know, higher than, than women's suicide and, you know, I can't remember the punchline exactly, but it, it really it split the audience. Like, right. like some of the audience just thought that was that was a really you know interesting insight and funny and laughed. Yeah, and then the rest of the the rest of them were just like, oh, suicide <laughs> <laughs> isn't funny, <laughs> you know. Uh, and um, that's a you great know, reception on a joke. That that's how yeah. you know it's good. <laughs> yeah, and um. But but really vocal and yeah, she just squared her shoulders at the crowd and she was just going, What? You know, like <laughs> what? It's a joke. Like, you know, yeah. she and you know, I was just like, oh, I love you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I love you so much. Like, yeah, like she was yeah, she was she was tough. And yeah, so young and so brilliant and I'm you know, I'm I'm very, you know, obviously yeah. um angry about it. But um but that that is also one of the things that um, I wanted to ask you about is because because it was such a public story and fucking everyone was talking about it and especially like people that were outside the comedy community and don't really know like when you're outside of the comedy community you don't really know what the inner workings are like and how things are received and that sort of thing yeah um, and like I feel like we because of the like horribleness of the crime of what happened to her mm. Nobody really found out anything about Eurydice as a person. She yeah. just sort of became this. Yeah. Seemed like she just became this symbol for. Yeah. You know, various people to not just push their agenda, but yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. She, it was, it was politicized very quickly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. To be honest, I I, I had to turn off the internet for a couple of weeks. It was just. Yeah. It, it was. It was just. It was just too hard to deal with, and um. You know, <laughs> and and the and the reports was like some of them so false, like you know, performing to packed crowds at the comedy festival, and I was just going, <laughs> "Fuck off!" You know, like, <laughs> we begged, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah, and um, yeah, and yeah, and. The, you know, I think it comes from a good place, though, is that people oh, of course, do of use course. it. It just feels weird because maybe because you like you had such a personal connection to it. But the people that I guess that are that do exaggerate or push that agenda, it is. I guess they justify it as the ends justifying the means. If yeah, you know. look, it's it's complex, isn't it? I'm. You know, she became. It's funny, Tony Magnuson, her partner, was telling me that she, him and her were talking about Jill Ma not that long prior to everything that happened mm -hmm. and sort of her take on, you know, like why one woman's life 
you know, just becomes this sort of symbol. Right. You know. And then so it, maybe it's too early to talk about because it's just, it's, it's just haunting. It's mm-hmm. just haunting that, you know, we, we discuss, the, you know, these, yeah. It's, yeah. And it's, it's not a yeah, – and with phones and stuff and just the access that the media has into your everyday life now, it just makes it ten times worse because you've got this fucking thing in your hand and it's beeping at you every ten seconds and yeah. when something like that happens, you, it, it's impossible to yeah. get away from it. and then, yeah, I suppose I'm – you know, there's a comedy community, and then, the, but then it's also communities within communities, and inevitably, you sort of like, you know, you 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 make friends with people that you connect with, and mm-hmm. you know, and often that's got nothing to do with you know other people, you right. know, like other other friends, other groups of friends within the mm. community, and I guess that's natural within any type of community. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I guess. I guess I feel sort of closer to you know to you know, our, our crew, like <laughs> a crew, yeah. you know, who are like sort of really close to this, you know, bomb blast really. And, yeah. and all of us sort of traumatised in a, in a different way and, and reacting to that trauma in their own various ways, you know, like. That brings you together as well, sort of. Yeah, I think so. I think mm. so. It's all, you know, it's, it's, it's not three months yet, so it's still, it's, it's still, it's still, it's still kind fresh. of um, Yeah, when you mentioned that earlier, I was. It, for me, I guess because I wasn't, yeah, close to her or I didn't really know her that well, but it, it because it, that's a horrible thing about the media and the internet and all that sort of thing is that it just becomes a story. Yeah. And then since you're bombarded by a different story every day yeah, and then you realise that, oh, that story was actually not that long ago, but because all this shit has yeah. happened since then, it just gets pushed into the ether yeah. to people that weren't really involved in it. Yeah, yeah, she she become to mean something else to, mm-hmm. you know, to yeah, to ev- everybody and um and yeah, it's I I can't describe how how that feels. I and I can't imagine how that like feels for, you know, family and stuff mm-hmm. like yeah, it was yeah. very very odd. It was yeah, it's very very strange. Um well, yeah, tell tell me about your uh, new show. <laughs> My new show. Oh, Oh, um, I actually am going to call uh, – you know what I was going to call it? I was going to call it Situational Awareness and the Big Dick. <laughs> and um, Do you, have, you just have a good uh, – you just like well, pitching well, shows with really good uh, names. I guess um, that's not a good name. I don't think I'm good at names. I, I think Jesus Was a Rape Baby is a perfect name. Do you – you know – I, 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 I think get, it is. I get, I, I, it might just be because that appeals to me personally a lot. Look, I like it too because when you hand out a flyer and it says Jesus was a rape baby, you either get somebody like, like you know, screw up their face and like hand you back the flyer and look yep. at you like you're a piece of shit or, you, or they just immediately laugh and say, yeah. I'll see you there. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's a good way of like filtering out who you want at your show anyway, you know. Right, right. Like, you know, I could call it like mm, Sophie Prince is wacky and, yeah. you know, like you, you don't you, – <laughs> Yeah. You know, then you're casting your Just net a, a bit wide, you know. Like, what's the and, yeah. deal with? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I got, uh, yeah, mixed reviews. And then I, I guess you can't help but be affected with what, what happened. And um, I was going to do Jesus as a rape baby at um, Fringe, but 
the um, the phrase situational awareness um, came out and was bandied around a lot, um, sort of after everything, because um, that's what they. <laughs> it's, it, you know, it's a military term. Situational it's, awareness. Yeah. So a, a lot of terms and like idioms and stuff do come from like yeah, you know, the army and nautical yeah, terms yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So I just thought it was sort of I don't know. I thought it was a funny thing to sort of break down in terms of like how. You know, if we're going to be aware of our whole situation. I mean, the planet's about to... <laughs> anyway, it, uh, yeah, the show's called Situational Awareness. It was, going to called, it was going to be called Situational Awareness and the Big Dick because of that graffiti on the memorial. I, oh, right. Yeah, okay, I, I, yeah. I, guess, I guess the angry me just... Like, I, I just thought, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that big self-portrait in the park, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I... I, I I guess I wanted to vent about that. But um, this lady that I met at Highlander, um, her name's Judy Stutz and she's just started comedy. She came up to me and she said, oh, I'll, um, I, I want to help you produce a show. Right. Um, um, I'll, I'll put up the money for advertising and I'll do this and I'll do that. And I was like, oh, my God, like nobody – Nobody ever comes up and says, oh, "I got some money. I'll help you out." Like, no one, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. uh, that's Give great." Me my number. I'll and get some I, money, yeah, and she's been hugely encouraging and um, and helpful. And I, I said, "Oh, I want to call the show um, Situational Awareness and the Big Dick." And she said, um, "Maybe not in the Big Dick." And um, and I said, "Oh, all, all my shows have always had like pretty like like." confronting titles and she's gone well have you ever sold any of your shows out and I went oh good point (laughs) (laughs) so I I I took her advice on this and she said you know maybe maybe if you put the big dick on it you're just going to be attracting people that you don't really want at your show and I Mm -hmm. I thought oh look I'll I'll take your advice I I think so yeah so it's called situational awareness um and I've, I've dropped the big dick but I'll probably yeah so it's um yeah it's a show about being situationally aware, I suppose. Okay. Does yeah. it uh, touch on similar topics to the last, to Jesus with the Rape Baby, or is it all um, new stuff? Or No, it's, it's kind of... Uh, I guess it's new. It's a mixed bag, I think. Yeah. I, I, I think the, the, themes, the themes would be similar, I suppose. Um, I, I, think, I think it's kind of interesting... Um, that when then when a, a woman is murdered, um, the response often from you know uh, um, from police and the media is you know be situationally aware, mm-hmm. and then the backlash to that is always you know don't tell us what to do, tell men what not how you know not to rape, and it's like well, I'm sure we've put that message out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we are putting that uh, you know I I don't. I don't <laughs> And you know, and then that debate like goes on. Like, it, it takes on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. Like a few years ago, there was, um, <laughs> and I, I had a long discussion. I, I, I have this habit of like flashing back to, oh, I talked to you really about this, and I just, I don't know, it's, it's weird because you stop yourself and just sort of go, oh. I can't sort of bring her into everything, but like when you, I think got, that's pretty natural. Yeah, and so. like when you got a like a you know you you. A friend in comedy, like you do, you do discuss things. You do, mm. you, you do talk about different angles and stuff. And I, and you know, like we, we were, I, I was giving her a lift back from a gig, and you talk about stuff. And this woman had just been this young girl, seventeen, a few years back, um, was stabbed in a park. 
Jesus. Horror, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, and the, the, you know, the police, as they do, they get on the, you know, the, um, you know, they get interviewed and they said, um, like, maybe avoid parks. <laughs> and then there was a, um, and then so, you know, people heard that and they're just like, how fucking dare they say we, you know, whose park, our park, you know, they got their placards out like straight away. And I was just like, yeah, I get it. I, I get it. We, we all should have the, you know, but then you sort of go, well, what's he going to say? Like, there's this mad fucker on the loose who mm. just stabbed someone. Yeah. Like, is he going to like go, like, this happened? But you know what? It's your park. It's your world. You know, you go, girl. Like, you know, like. Sometimes you get stabbed. Yeah. Like, you know. And, you know, I just like, I, look, I understand. I, I understand, you know, I, I understand that, yes, it's it's our world, you know, but. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to take. It's hard to take both sides in an argument these mm. days, I feel like. Is, yeah. And that was something that, you know, you see on the internet with any issue is really you're, you're not allowed to take both sides. You can't just, like, nobody writes a comment and says, oh, you know, I, I can see both sides' argument because <laughs> yes. that's not going to get noticed or yeah. promoted. But, yeah. Yeah, I, that, you're not going to get many likes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you've got to be angry and loud and that's yeah. what gets the best reaction. Yeah, um, and then you'll get someone who's like a complete cracker and then everyone has a game of one-upmanship as to who can put them down yeah. the most. Yeah, like, you know? it's yeah. like 20 different wannabe yeah. comedians tagging the same. Yeah. <laughs> you totally got yeah. <laughs> He's totally going to kill himself now. Yeah. <laughs> Go you. But yeah, yeah. It's, how uh, do you view how do you view the internet in that way? Do you think it's productive for us or not? No. I think um <laughs> <laughs> very hard stance yeah, on don't, that. Yeah. yeah, don't get involved. Um yeah, I um yeah, I I was pretty um gung-ho like when I first started and particularly around the time that the you know that <laughs> Yeah, you can't see the... Like, the talking marks. <laughs> can't see that in a podcast. Yeah, that whole rape debate was um, real, very sort of influential on me when I first started. And, the, and yeah, like the, the internet was alive with everybody's commentary on it. And, you know, the standard, oh, you should punch up and people are writing articles. And, right. You know, and it was like uh, <sighs> no one really got, no one really knew the truth of like the kernel of it. Mm. You know, this this debate that actually didn't happen, um, it was a fairly – it wasn't outrageous to dis, to, to have a debate about yeah, that, that topic. That should be given, something that is debated. Yeah. Well, I, I would have thought so. And then it was just like, oh, there's only men on the, the poster. And it was – well, it hadn't even – Hadn't even sort of been finalised. Anyway, that's that's a whole other topic, and I don't even mm. really want to be the one talking about it. But in terms of like engaging on the internet, I um, I engaged a lot. Like, was saying no, I don't think it's fair enough. Mm. And um, yeah, then you know, I I lost. I yeah, you know, kicked off groups and <laughs> yeah, yeah, in comedy five minutes, and I got kicked out of the bloody funny women's group, and I was like, fucking hell. I'm 40 years old I've waited all these years to start comedy and I'm already you know like, fuck you know? <laughs> so, there is something um, there is something satisfying though like you get a bit of cred just for getting oh yeah they kicked me out of that fucking place oh uh, so to me no, it feels I, depending on what the thing is obviously but yeah yeah I, you just it, it's very misleading um 
yeah, I, I, I think the less you engage on, um, on, on the internet, you do not see pro comics engaging mm. on the internet because why would you? Yeah. You know, they're already in a, the place that they want to be and everybody else is just sort of scrambling to yeah. a place that they want to be. Like I had this analogy about like um, people starting out in comedy. You know those documentaries where those turtles lay like 500 eggs in the shore you know, those big sea turtles, yeah. and, you know, they, they, they yeah. lay heaps and heaps of eggs and then um, the eggs hatch and then there's all these like little itty bitty turtles like heading for the shoreline and, um, you know, like most of them are eaten by crabs right. and seagulls yeah, and, and, and some of them birds. are just dumb fuckers and they walk the wrong way yeah. and, you know, like, <laughs> and it's only sort of like, you know, like, you know, like one or two of these like little turtles actually make it to be big sea yeah. turtles. That's my analogy for like comedy. Like <laughs> we're all just eggs, you know. <laughs> most of oh, us are going to get all my eaten. jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I've got 20,000 of them. Most of them are just going to yeah. get eaten by uh, crabs. Yeah, That's great. Yeah. I love that and then, analogy. You know, and then, you know, and then there's some, there's some people, you know, that I, I know in, um, you know, from the, the, the comedy scene, open mic comedy scene that are like, you know, my favourite people, they're gorgeous people, but on the internet they can come across like fucking loons and you're that, just like, oh, you're like, yeah. oh, dude, just, just don't. Like, That's know, the thing, like, because you lose so much context and the way you deliver yeah, a line, yeah. and, like it's only text. And I was just talking about this with um my last guest, Ken Sakata, is that I'm afraid because like you know I'm on I'm a 24 year old single, young single person, so I'm on Tinder, and having that first interaction with someone as a text, yeah, is so weird to me because like I don't like. I feel like I'm not the same person when I text or I'm not coming across the same way as I text than I do in person. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know, that's something that I sort of struggle with. I'm like, ah, oh, that's that's not me. That's not who I am. But yeah, I just yeah. text kind of weird, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I um, And I, like, I wonder what getting into comedy would have been like all these, like the years before the internet, like right. before. And then... um. And I wonder if part of the appeal, like there's so many people wanting to, to do stand-up comedy now. I wonder if, if the appeal is, you know, everyone can sort of make a YouTube clip or whatever and, yeah. you know, maybe that's that's part of it as well. Like, yeah. That, I, I was having this conversation with uh, somebody else recently is um, the people that do start out on YouTube or, you know, just making like funny blog videos and then get to stage. Yeah. Um, they kind of weird me out. Like it's a bit of a weird, um, I guess it is an art form now making like YouTube videos, like funny YouTube videos and yeah. that sort of thing. But it's like a weird pathway to comedy, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. It's, I don't know. It seems to be the way that we're going. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a different medium. I I don't think jokes work as well on, on YouTube. Like I, yeah. I, I, I put a few things up sort of early in the piece, but I, I'm reluctant to now cause I, I kind of, kind of ruins your joke anyway. And it, it just mm. hasn't got the same, hasn't got the same sort of feel to it as yeah. when, you know, you go and see a stand up. Well, I like show. coming into a room and feeling out the room and knowing yeah. what's going to work or what's not going to work or like learning what doesn't work in this room. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, with the internet, it's just put it out there, you know, get 10 comments calling you a dickhead and yeah. you know, that's it. But yeah. um, there's no that, I don't know, it just feels very non-human. Yeah, and uh, 
Um, I Judy made a little promo for the situational awareness show and put it up and asked me to share it. And I was like, oh, thanks, you know, like this is great. And um, I shared it. I think I got like two likes or something like that. And I, oh, the shame. I was just like, yeah. oh, Judy, I don't know. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> they all like, hate me. <laughs> how often will you uh, like post a status and if it doesn't get – Oh, I give it a 20 minute, I've got a 20 minute rule. If, if, if it gets nothing in 20 minutes, I'm like, oh, fuck it. (laughs) Taking it off. Do you use, um, do you use Twitter? Oh, not heaps. Okay. Yeah. I I do the same thing with, especially with Twitter is if I, uh, if I don't get any interactions on a tweet, I'm like, yeah, that's going, (laughs) that's not going to stay on my my feed forever. But then like you, nobody really goes to your Twitter profile and sees all the tweets that didn't get likes anyway. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's so fleeting but in our own heads it feels like it's yeah everything um yeah 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 there's a weird psychology to it there there really is (laughs) yeah i'm a small and petty person when i see it when i see like a dumb status that's got heaps of likes i'm like god who are you yeah Yeah, absolutely that's shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) who are these people (laughs) (laughs) but um Yeah, I don't know. I don't that know. that's a scary thing about the internet is that it's the audience is literally everybody. Yeah. Like in comedy you've got the room, you've got these specific people in the room. Yeah. Play to that. But the internet is just this endless Yeah. Like vortex of nothingness. But Yeah. 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 Not to get all weird about it, but yeah. No, it is though, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And then like what if it just disappears one day yeah that that is a i think joe rogan had a bit about that is um if it all goes like how long would you survive or like how long would it take you to send an email because like no one like yeah if, if all of this goes tomorrow yeah like what are you left with like what skills do you really have in order yeah. to survive well, i guess i guess i had you know a, a good a, a good amount of time as an adult without the internet. So there's this spiteful part of me that wants it just to vanish, just so right. I can see just to all go these, back. <laughs> just, just to see all these young people just completely lose their <laughs> shit. And it's like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. it's a nostalgic thing. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, see that I I grew up with it, so yeah. I think I got and my parents because at the time that I was coming up, you know, I was a teenager. Um, the internet was still sort of new and my parents had no idea what the internet was capable of. So I grew up, I had unrestricted access to the internet and I'd love to know what that did to me mentally, like growing up with it. Um, but then I look at kids now and they have, you know, they would like work tablets and that sort of thing and it really freaks you out. Oh yeah. And that's when I... When I said I like um, open mic because it's this sort of insight into the psyche of other people, mm. um, like that's that's one of the things when you yeah. see, you know, I'm 47, so when you see like someone get up who's like 19 or whatever mm-hmm. and like their take on the world, it's, um, yeah, there, there's something sort of, even if it's bad, like even if it just makes you sort of like shudder with horror, yeah. like it's, I'm still sort of glad to know who to avoid but <laughs> no but I'm still sort of like just go oh that's that's an insight I wouldn't have if I wasn't interested in open mic like that's right. you know it's yeah yeah you know. there is that too um there's this uh, have you heard of reddit do you know what yeah. reddit is yeah so when you go there's a subreddit called deep into youtube right and it's uh like a lot of 
it's basically like the open mic of YouTube. So it's like right. all the videos like of people that have like 12 views and it's just yeah. people spouting their beliefs and stuff yeah. into nothingness basically, just into YouTube yeah. and no one's paying attention. And it's yeah. really creepy but also so interesting to see yeah like who are these people that are recording themselves and their thoughts and stuff i mean coming from somebody that does a podcast where i talk to myself as well yeah but yeah just that sort of like what are we doing (laughs) i do not know what we're doing i have no idea but i don't know what i'd be doing if i wasn't you know getting getting on stage with other people who also don't know what they're doing (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah um yeah so we've done an hour Okay. Um, yeah, so let's wrap this up. Okay. Uh, we'll do one last... Do you want to plug your show? Oh, yeah. On the 14th and 15th of September at 9.15 at the Highlander Bar, I'm doing a show called Situational Awareness. It's um, it's it's free to get in, but it's pay what you feel the show is worth. Um, you can book online. Um, seats are limited. Um, yeah. it's going to sell out. <laughs> no, it might. So like book a ticket and, um, yeah, Phoenix liked my last show. So it was very good. Yeah. All right. Sophie Prince. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that was fun.